Thank you for listening to the Sermon Audio Podcast from Greenwood Baptist Church in Weatherford, Texas. Now here's a message from a special guest. Father, we do exalt you. You are worthy to be praised. And we thank you for your goodness, Lord. I ask you to move in this place this morning. In Jesus' name. You can stay standing or seated. They're going to still continue to pray, uh, play and we're going to worship some more. But uh, I just want to share this this morning. God wants to move here this morning and do something that'll blow our minds. Not just the everyday routine. He wants to do something extraordinary. He's already been moving in our church and doing things, but I'm talking about something that can't be explained by man. February 8th, Asbury University, revival broke out on Wednesday in a normal chapel service, just a routine chapel service. And God fell on the place and they didn't stop having service. It went two weeks at least consecutively. People from as far away as Russia and Japan flew in to come to it. There was revival breaking out. Lives were being saved. Thousands were being changed. There was a line a half a mile long to get into the auditorium around the campus. A half a mile just to get in. It just kept going on and on. It broke out from there and went from other campuses and hit other places and just students just showing up to pray in their quads and their campuses was not organized. It just happened. That was February. July, last month, July 11th. Newport Beach, California. At Pirates Cove, Harvest Ministry Church, they baptized one day, they baptized 4,500 and something people in one day. And it, I'm talking about that kind of stuff, biblical proportions of God moving and wanting to do something, and He wants to do it right here. You say, well, Ronnie, okay, if you say He wants to do it, if He wants to do it, why didn't He already do it? Or, or, Ronnie, how do you know He wants to do it here this morning? Because He said He wants to. In Isaiah chapter 65, verse 1, the Bible says, The Lord says, I was ready to respond, but no one asked me for help. I was ready to be found, but no one was looking for me. Here I am, said the Lord. Here here I am. God wants to move here, but no one's asking no one's looking. I'm, I'm asking, God, I'm asking for you to fall in this place and move, Father. Save people, change people, put homes back together. I'm asking you to fall in this place, Lord, like you did in the Old Testament where you showed up, where the priest couldn't even come into the temple because of your presence. Lord, I, I want you to do something like that, Lord. You know the second reason, though? 
There's a second reason why God hadn't showed up and done something like that. We have a small group in our home, and um, we're all going through uh, the one-year chronological study Bible on our Version app. You can get it, and it's free, by the way. Um, and so we're going through that, and um, I was in, a few weeks ago, I was in Kings and Chronicles. I'm sitting there reading king after king after king where they were evil and did horrible, detestable things. I'm talking about in God's holy place, in his temple, where he showed up, they were putting idols in, in, his, in his place, worshiping them, having prostitutes in there. They were sacrificing their kids, their own sons, to these gods. They were just little idols, worship, I mean, nothing. Wooden statues, stone statues, and they were doing this. Israel had 20 of them in a row, evil king after evil king. Judah had 12 evil ones out of 20. Eight of them were good. Out of the eight that were good, I'm reading this over and over again, and at the end of their life, it would say whether they were evil king or good king. And then it would say whether they got rid of all the idols and stuff. Almost every single king, the good ones, the eight ones, almost every single one of them said, got rid of all the idols except for a few. They might have left a couple on this high place over here, whatever. They cleaned out of the temple and stuff, but they left a couple around in the nation. I'm sitting there reading that, and I'm thinking, how dumb can you be? You're a king. You see that when... When you worship these idols, it don't go good for you or your nation. Your nation gets tromped in war. You get uh, pestilence and famine and drought. All this stuff happens when you don't. Why, why would you not get, you get rid of all of them except you're going to leave one or two? What, what are you thinking? How dumb can you be? And God said, Ronnie, you do the same thing. It was, it was like a, punch in the gut to me he said Ronnie you get rid of all your sins though but you hang on to a couple Ronnie you still got unforgiveness in your heart Uh, Ronnie uh, you still let pride rear its ugly head in your life and God just began to show me sin after sin after sin in my life my God please forgive me because I don't want to be like that God I want to be clean in your sight you want to know why God hadn't fell on this place and fell on your life like he did in the Old Testament It's because of sin in our lives. Isaiah chapter 59 verse 2 says, It's your sins that have cut you off from God. Because of your sins, He's turned away and will not listen anymore. Verse 12, For our sins are piled up before God and testify against us. Yes, we know what sinners we are. Listen, there's a lot of you here this morning, you know what sins in your life you know there's a bunch of you here though you're really good at playing church putting on the show for everybody else acting like you got it all together well God addressed that 
he addressed that in Isaiah 58 too. He says, and he's talking to his people. He says, yet they act so pious. They come to the temple every day. Now y'all just come once a week. Some of y'all only come once a month. He said, these people were coming every day and seem delighted to learn all about me. They act like a righteous nation that would never abandon the laws of its gods. They ask me to take action on their behalf, pretending they want to be near me. We have fasted before you, they say. Uh, why aren't you impressed? We've been uh, very hard on ourselves and you don't even notice it. God says this. He said, I'll tell you why. It's because you're fasting to please yourselves. You're just putting on a show. You're doing it for you. Verse 5, he goes on and says, you humble yourselves by going through the motions of penance. You act like, you go through this stuff acting like, oh no, I'm humble. I'm asking God to forgive me and all that. I'm repenting. He said, and you think that I'm pleased with that? He said, judgment's coming. Isaiah 63, 10. He said, but they rebelled against him and they grieved his Holy Spirit. So he became their enemy and fought against them. In Isaiah 66, 4, it says, God says, I will send them great trouble and all the things they feared. He says, for when I called, they didn't answer. When I spoke, they didn't listen. They deliberately sinned before my very eyes and chose to do what they know I despise. Verse 18, this is one. He said, God said, I can see what they're doing. I know what they're thinking. You might fool everybody else at church, put on the show and all that, but God sees every single thing you do. He knows every single thought you're thinking. You say, how in the world can I get away from that? How can I get forgiveness from a God who knows everything I do and knows everything I think how can I get forgiveness for that? Because I, I've done some bad stuff. People don't even know the stuff that I've done. If people knew that, man, they wouldn't have nothing to do with me. Here's what he says. There's hope. There's forgiveness. And there's grace. In Isaiah 63, 9, he said, and it's only because of Jesus. He said, in all their suffering, he also suffered. And he personally rescued them. And in his love and mercy, he redeemed them. He lifted them up and carried them through all the years. Listen, God loved you so much. He loved me so much. He sent his son Jesus out of heaven, down this earth to die for every disgusting sin we would ever commit. And he wants to give you forgiveness. He wants to move in your life. He wants a relationship with you. If you don't know him, he wants to save you today. He wants to change your life. You say, well, how do I do that? I'm going to tell you what we'll do real quick. I'm going to give you a chance to pray right now and invite Christ to come to your life, to save you and change your life. If you've never done that before, if you're willing to repent and turn from your sins because Jesus died on the cross to pay for your sins and mine, if you're willing to repent of it, ask for forgiveness, he'll come into your life, he'll save you and change you. If that's never happened and you want to do that, you pray this with me right now. Dear God, I know I'm a sinner. I know I've messed up. I want to ask you to forgive me my sins. God, I turn from my sins, and I invite you into my life to be my boss, my Lord, and my best friend. 
Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for saving me, Lord Jesus. Now, would everybody look right here? If you invited Christ to come to your life, he saved you, he forgave you for everything you've ever done. Changed your life. You need to do something about it, and I'm going to tell you what you need to do in just a minute. But for those of you, because he's talking right here to his people, his church. And here's what he says. God, they dedicated the temple, and God fell on the place. After they brought the Ark of the Covenant in, God fell on the place. He showed up. His presence was so thick in the temple the, that they couldn't even, the priests couldn't even perform their duties. They, they had to stay outside of the temple because God's presence was in there. All right, so here's what happened. Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 1 says, When Solomon finished praying, fire flashed down from heaven, burned up the burnt offerings and sacrifices, and the glorious presence of the Lord filled the temple. The priests could not enter the temple of the Lord because the glorious presence of the Lord filled it. And when all the people of Israel saw the fire coming down and the glorious presence of the Lord filling the temple, they fell face down on the ground and they worshiped and praised the Lord, saying, He is good. His faithful love endures forever. God accepted their sacrifice. He accepted their asking for forgiveness and their repentance. Now, how'd they do that? How'd that happen? How can we receive, as believers, receive forgiveness this morning? How can we have His presence in our life? Here's what happened. After all this took place, a few verses later, God came to Solomon in a dream. And here's what he said to him. In verse 12, Then one night the Lord appeared to Solomon and said, I've heard your prayer and have chosen this temple as a place for making sacrifices. Verse 13. Now y'all catch this and see if this isn't relevant right now today. All right? He said, At times, this is God speaking to Solomon. At times, I might shut up the heavens so that no rain falls. Did y'all see the news last night? We're eight and a half inches behind schedule on rain. I don't know about y'all's place. Our place, you walk on the ground. Crunch, crunch, that's the grass. Okay? He says this. He said, he said my times, he might command grasshoppers to devour your crops. Any of y'all got any grasshoppers on your place? I can't feed my cows without getting hit in the teeth with about 100 grasshoppers. Just pop, 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 pop. Don't, don't tell me this don't apply today. God said, I might do that. He said, I might send plagues. All right, now watch. He said, but here's the deal. But then, if my people, that's talking about us, believers, those who know Jesus, but if my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves. Why have we not seen God move? Because we're so prideful, we don't nobody know our junk. We, we want everybody to think we got it together. And you can't even bring yourself to the altar and ask God for forgiveness and pray because you don't want nobody to see it. You don't want nobody to think, oh, what's going on in their life? Who cares? Who, who cares what anybody thinks? I, I do not care. You shouldn't care. The only person you should care about is the only one that matters anyway that knows everything you think and everything you do. And that's Him. But if we humble ourselves, He says, and pray and seek his face and turn from their wicked ways. Do you know what that means? Hey, there's an alarm going off and that's God telling you right now. Y'all think he didn't move? Y'all don't think he's he going to send grasshoppers? I'll send alarms to all y'all, letting y'all all know right now. 
Y'all think grasshopper's a big deal? It's no big deal. I'm going to send an alarm to your phone. I'm letting you know right now. He says this, but if we turn from our wicked ways, that means every single idol, every single sin, not holding on to it, not going, oh God, I'll give you everything except these two sins. No, he says he wants it all. Because guess what? 90% obedience is total disobedience to God. And some of y'all have been thinking, how many times have I been sitting over here and I hear Pastor Brian get up here and say, how many of y'all prayed that prayer? Just look up at me and I hear, okay, 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 okay. And then I don't see all of y'all following through being scripturally baptized right here. You think God's going to rewrite his word just for you? No, first step, once we give our life to Christ, we're to follow through and be scripturally baptized to let everybody know we're followers of Christ. To not be ashamed of him, to identify with him. So you think, no, it's not, just, it's not it's for everybody else, but it's not for me. No, it is for you. How about for those of you that need to go apologize to your spouse, your husband, your wife, and ask for forgiveness for being harsh with them, the way you treat them, the way you talk to them? How about having uh, parents going to your kids and asking for forgiveness? How about kids going to your parents and asking for forgiveness uh, for lying to them and running around doing stuff you're not supposed to do and trying to get away with stuff? How about that? God wants every single sin you to repent of it. Now, I don't know what that is for you. I know what God spoke to me about. But I know this. If we repent and we ask for forgiveness, you know what he says he'll do? He says this. Then, it's conditional. If you do those things, then I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sins, and I will restore their land. Verse 15 says, my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to every prayer in this place. You want forgiveness? Humble yourself. Go to him. You seek his face. And you ask God, would you please forgive me? God, I repent. I'm not talking about confess it. We're really good at confessing our sin. Confessing is agreeing. Oh, yeah, God, I know this sin is wrong. And then we keep doing it. No, repentance is, God, not only do I acknowledge my sin, I am turning from this sin. That's what it means. That's what he wants. And if you haven't been doing that, it's like you're still leaving one of them idols in the presence of God. Some of them were sexual idols and stuff. They had in the holy of holies. You think how horrible that is, how disgusting that is. And you think about what's going on in your life, things that you still got going on. God says, I want it all. I want that junk out. And he's speaking to us right now. So for those of you that you just gave your life to Christ, you were saved, I'm going to tell you the first thing you need to do. When I say amen, you need to come forward. You can repent and confess sin right here. But as soon as you get through doing that, you head right over there to the pastor. He'll be right there. You go right upstairs, and you fall through, and you put, we got T-shirts, shorts, towels. You go get baptized today. Take care of it today. Don't put it off any longer. For those of you that have your baptism out of order, some of you were baptized first as a baby, later on got saved, and since you've been saved, you have been baptized. You say, oh, no, I've been baptized. I got wet at church. No, you didn't. You got wet at church. You didn't get Scripture baptized. And God's not going to rewrite his word for you. So whatever, maybe some of you, God says, hey, I'm tired of you hopping around from church to church. You need to get plugged into church. You need to join a church and get in it and, and, and active, involved in it. Get in a small group. Quit playing games. Listen, quit being a, a peripheral kind of like Christian. And let's get after it. Until we do that kind of stuff, he's not going to fall in this place. He wants 100% obedience. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray. 
And when I say amen, they're going to keep singing, leading us in worship. This altar is going to be open for those that are willing to humble themselves and seek him, pray, ask for forgiveness, get with families, get with spouses, obey the Lord. Baptistry is open. We had seven baptized in the first service this morning at 8 o'clock. So you know God's moving. If it's something going down in the 8 o'clock service, it's here. It's ready. Just you need to obey God. I'm going to pray. When I say amen, they're going to sing. You do what God tells you to do. Father, we come to you. And you are a good God. We ask you to fall on this place like you did in the Old Testament. We ask you to change lives, heal families, restore relationships. Convict us of our sin. God, we have sinned against you. We are far from you. We have played games way too long. And we confess it and we repent of it. God, call your people to repentance. Because since the beginning of time, no eye has seen, no ear has heard a God like you. You are on your throne. You are holy. You are worthy. Father, we ask you to move among your people right now. There's a lot of broken people out here today. And we ask God that you draw them to yourself. Heal them, In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Sermon Audio Podcast from Greenwood Baptist Church in Weatherford, Texas. You can find links to topics and scriptures discussed in this episode by looking at the show notes. You can find more information online at greenwood.church. If you have any questions or comments, please send an email to info at greenwoodbc.com.